This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Good morning, Canada. Welcome inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully, Bob Weeks, Mark Sacchino. Now, whenever we have our Masters preview show, Mark, in the past, you come on and say it's the most wonderful time of the year. But for me, Open Championship Week, this is is my favorite week of the year. I have so much, I'm so fired up for this major championship, not only because of all the storylines, but I just love watching golf and playing golf overseas. Uh, gents, before we get into the Open Championship, so much to dive into. Xander Shoffley, back-to-back Ws on the PGA Tour. Mark Zacchino, back-to-back wins on the TSN Edge. Now has seven <laughs> victories on the season, absolutely lapping Bob and I in our TSN Edge leaderboard Trey Mullinux a winner on the PGA Tour Bob let's start with you did you play golf over the weekend the week the weather couldn't have been any better uh no I was cottage bound for the weekend and enjoying myself uh in the Northland a little took a little break but uh, back at it this afternoon Mark you any golf I had Adam my member guest this week that's right earlier this week tell us about that uh Dave Hempstead and I the hammer uh, and I, uh, as my, my friend Simon, who was supposed to come up from uh, Washington, you know, we do the home-and-home home member guest between Congressional and Toronto and whatnot. He, he couldn't make it. So uh, Hammer stepped in as a very worthy uh, fill-in. We shot 62 for net 63 and lost by one. <laughs> <laughs> See, I mean, what you got to do, Mark, I mean, your handicap's too low. You got to, you know, get it, post a couple 87s, get that handicap up to a 2 or a 3 or a 9, and then you'll you'll win that thing hands down. And, gentlemen, I had a another breakthrough, one more mile per hour breakthrough on my stack system this week as well. So. Wow. Well, I know we had a lot of positive reaction from that interview with, uh, Dr. Sasha McKenzie talking about the stack system. I know, uh, Bob, you also had a chance to catch up with Sasha too for a TSN.ca article coming up. I did. We had uh, we'd planned a chat a while back, and unknowing that Mark was doing the same thing, and we uh, talked to him for a while, so we were running concurrently. But uh, we'll have something up probably later this week, and uh, he goes into great detail about how uh, he helped Matt, Matt Fitzpatrick. Get there you his, go. Uh, ball speed the, up. The, I, my speed didn't come up, Bob. I never came up. Uh, he did mention you, but he was sort of saying, you know, every once in a while there is an outlier, and uh, that, that's <laughs> kind of where he stopped. <laughs> no, and, he and, gave me great credit. And at that point, the Wi-Fi cut out, right? And then, yeah, yeah, that's and then, right. Yeah, I think yeah, that's when the Rogers people pulled the plug. Yeah, yeah. What a wild scene that was. But for me, gents, I did something on the golf course that I haven't done in about three years. I played 36 holes yesterday. Wow. So I feel like I'm about a million years old right now. I've, I'm sitting on, I've got like a spine thing, so my, my back isn't arched. Uh, I can barely bend over. But I shot, I played three rounds over the weekend. I broke 80 every time. For me, I, that's, that's okay. And I have to give Ralph Bauer some credit again. I have never been more confident putting in my life. My, my putting game has changed thanks to the Tour Read app, thanks to Ralph's putting lesson that he gave us. So... For all those listening, 
uh, really focus on your eye line. The eye's got to be over the ball, just inside where your ball is sitting at address. Uh, Bob, I know you were having some putting issues, I think, and driving. You were driving really well, so maybe for your for your nine holes with your with your dad this afternoon, you can you can dial in that driver again. I'll see what I can do. I actually putted. I had we played our first father son match uh, last week, and I played uh, the front nine. I putted gloriously, and then. I went on a bad streak on the back nine where I included a four putt actually oh. on the one hole. So I think maybe a visit to Ralph might be in the in the uh, in the coming days. We'll see. Okay, well, Ralph, if you're listening, uh, we will be in touch with you very shortly on how to improve our putting game. But so much to get to that this uh, on our show today. Uh, our first Open Championship preview show of the week on radio, of course, will be on television on Wednesday, a day before. The historic 150th Open from St. Andrews gets underway. But first, let's hit some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one. All right, well, it seems like a weekly occasion where we kick off news and headlines with something live-related. And I think this conversation will be the only thing live that we'll be touching upon throughout the, the next two hours right here on GTC. Greg, Greg Norman, of course, has won the Open Championship, and the RNA holds a Celebration of Champions dinner and a little event that's going on a little later this afternoon where past champions go out and have a good little hit and giggle for a couple holes. But the RNA came out with a statement um, basically saying we can confirm that we contacted Greg Norman to advise him that we decided not to invite him on this occasion. The 150th Open is an extremely important milestone for golf, and we want to ensure that the focus remains on celebrating the championship and its heritage. Unfortunately, we do not believe that would be the case if Greg were to attend. We hope that when circumstances allow Greg to be able to, to, be able to attend again, in the future. Mark, when you heard Greg Norman was a no guy for the champions dinner at uh, St. Andrews, what do you think? Yeah, I, for me, Adam, you know, it, it the whole thing's so bizarre. Um, I, I was interested as well on some of the reaction online. People were upset. Some people were upset saying, you know, this, uh, this is not, uh, you know, it's petty, which is what the word that what Norman used to describe it as petty. I just found it like in my mind, it's it's appropriate in the sense that if you cho choose to be a disruptor and Bob, I don't know how you feel about this, but uh, I'm curious is that if you f choose to be a, a disruptor, which is what this is, certainly disrupt disrupting the world of golf and the landscape as we know it. And like these names are being leaked all the time. We don't know who's leaking these names, the validity of, of the leaks. Like Jordan Spieth's got to come out and say, I'm not talking to Liv. I don't know why this stuff is starting. I'm staying on the PGA Tour. So you, you got to think that they're behind this kind of stuff to keep the engine going. I mean, if, if you're going to be that guy, it comes with consequ uh, consequences. And, and you, you made your bed. You, you lie in it. And, and now this is what it gets. You, you're, you, in, in a way, you're being kind of pushed out of the, uh, of the, the norm or what used to be the norm. And, and, it's, and I wonder if this is things to come, guys. Is this just a, a look into what maybe some of these major championships are going to do moving forward? The, like I said, the criteria was in place for 2022. It's 2023. Maybe you know, none of these people are invited to anything. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Bob. What do you think? Well, I'm kind of, I'm kind of in between because I think what it does now is it brings the RNA into the political realm 
of what's going on. They've made a stand. They've made a, a choice. They've made a decision. They're excluding someone who has earned the right to be or certainly has been among the people who are going to be playing today. And, uh, and so I, I kind of think that um, I find it really awkward on, on everyone's behalf. I, I don't know if, if, I, if I had had a vote, I would have probably said, look, let's let them play and you know, get them out there. And, and you just you, you sort of are more like Switzerland than you are like taking one side or another. So I, I'm, I'm not sure where I stand, but I don't think, I, I think the RNA has made a bold decision by doing this. Do. It's the 150th anniversary. They want to keep the attention focused on that. But I think this may have been a little bit of a step too far, or it could either be a first step in, as Mark says, maybe uh, a direction that they and perhaps other major championship organizations are going to go. Well, Bobby mentioned it right there, trying to keep the attention on the Open Championship and not live. Colin Morikawa spoke to the media just over an hour ago, and someone asked him about live, and he said, there's nothing to get from me here. We're talking the Open. Live, live isn't a thing to me. So good on Morikawa for that. But the RNA made the stance to not to say, Greg Norman, you're not coming to this. But Phil Mickelson went to the RNA and said, okay, if my guy's not going, I'm not going either. Uh, what do you think about this, Bob? Let's start with you with, for, with Phil Mickelson saying, I'm not showing up to, uh, to these events. Well, I can understand that. He wants to support his team and his side, and, uh, and he's made his choice, you know, and that's, that's the one thing about this. Everybody has a choice. There's no one forcing you to come and play. There's no one forcing you to show up to any kind of these events. Uh, this is kind of what they wanted, right? They wanted to be independent contractors. They want to have their choice, even though they've kind of signed a deal <laughs> that almost goes against that in a lot of ways. But uh, Phil is Phil. Is Phil. Nothing, nothing surprises me about Phil, so it wasn't a big surprise. Mark, you, what do you think? Well, I'm, just, I'm with Bob on this. It's, just, it's like, okay, you, you, this was all about your independence, all about being an independent contractor. I love the, you know... I play too much golf. I don't want to play a lot of golf. And then here they are fighting and suing to have access to more golf events, the ones they didn't want to play, okay? And by the way, when Live goes to what? 10 events next year, maybe more. Now they are contractually obligated, obligated to play those events. They can't pick and choose what Live events they're going to play and not play. It's a complete contradiction. It's ridiculous. You know, I'd like this. You know what? Why don't you really put your money where your mouth is? And instead of, uh, you know, skipping a little ex four hole exhibition on a Monday, why don't you pull out of the Open Championship if you really feel that strongly about it? That you won't see anybody actually do anything of, of any, you know, validity. You'll, you know, you'll always, you know, they're not going to do that, but, you know, that's what they should do. Yeah, there's so many moving parts with this, and uh, it's, it's never-ending conversations for us in, in regards to live, and that continues now because MasterCard has decided to pause its business relationships with live players, Ian Poulter, Graham McDowell. Now, Mark, you mentioned the guys trying to grind their way with, you know, to get into the Scottish Open. Well, Ian Poulter shot a tidy 78-72, really played well, uh, missed the cut by about 100 shots. And so you, you wonder, like... Uh, of the, I mean, there's more live players now. Like we saw at the U.S. Open, only a couple made the cut. Now, obviously, more players went to live. You know, your Bryson DeChambeau's, Brooks Kapka guy since then. You wonder what are we going to expect from the live players this week? Like, is there a legitimate chance they they have a shot at winning this thing? I, I mean, Dustin Johnson played some decent golf at the live. I'm seeing him at prices around 40 to one right now on FanDuel, which is way higher than he would ever be for another major championship. Mark, what do you think? Do the Liv players have a legitimate know. chance this week? 
I'm kind of curious. I, I think I think there's always a possibility for one of these players to jump up and, and win and win an event. Obviously, Dustin Johnson's very talented. Bryson DeChambeau, very talented. Yada yada yada. But overall, I think the competitive edge or the lack of competitive uh, golf being played on that tour, the fact that you've already been paid, the fact that Let's be honest, it's pretty sloppy, right? It's for guys who don't want to put in the work. If you don't want to put in the work, you go to live. Like, give me the upfront money. I don't want to put in the work. I want to play less. Like, everybody who speaks about live who went there, that is a tone you get. The tone is, I really don't want to put in the hours anymore, you know? How can that hold up against, you know, the best players in the world that, you know, are living and breathing this 24-7 and working their you know, their butts off to be the best in the world. I just don't see it happening. Bob, like I could see Bob, one, one guy jumping up, you know, and we get an outlier and a DJ plays great and wins maybe, you know, or something like that. But overall, as as a field, I expect very little from the live guys because, I mean, golf golf is, it's what you put in is what you get out. I think we all know that. It's even in our own games, which is, you know, just a very much lower scale. But you said to us last week on the radio that you hit a couple practice chips for the first time this year, and all of a sudden your chipping got better. You know what I mean? I yeah, mean, that's just the yeah. most minor example of if you're not putting in the time at this level, forget it, right? Yeah, I think you have to want to grind it out and want to do it, but I think these guys have sort of taken the easy street route. Now, I'm not saying they aren't practicing because I don't know. I mean, they at St. Andrews hitting hitting shots on the range and – doing all that they have to do to kind of get ready for it. But is it enough uh, on a competitive basis? When we've seen the tournaments together, the U.S. Open, um, you know, we, we haven't really, and then last week at the Scottish Open, we haven't really seen the live guys uh, near the top of the leaderboard with the exception maybe of Justin Harding, who was up there for a little bit on the first couple of, first couple of rounds. But other than that, the guys have been, I wouldn't really ever say they've been in contention to win any of these tournaments. So, um, yeah, you wonder what their what their drive is, what their motivation is, and and I'm sure that they are serious about trying to play well. But um, it's a big catch up if you're trying to trying to take on the field that they've been playing uh, week in and week out the last couple of weeks. And one months. thing I am I'm curious to see this week is some of the interactions when some of the live players walk by Billy Horschel on the driving range because he had some interesting comments, some very blunt, honest comments, called some of the players hypocrites, lying to the lying to his face about going. Mark, I, I know you you saw these comments and 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 what, what were you, what were your perspective when you saw the comments from Billy Horschel? I, I just thought that uh, Billy Horschel was was sounded like he felt offended by the whole thing that when you attack the PGA Tour, you're also attacking the members of the PGA Tour, which I'm a very proud member of. And I think he was just speaking from the heart. He was just being honest. He's like, you know, these are the same guys that looked at me in the face like two months ago and said, you know, they had no interest in going and they're not going and blah, blah, blah. So I think very similar, just, you know, maybe he worded it a little bit more aggressively, but it was very similar to, I guess, Rory's comments, right, of uh, from a couple of weeks ago about just how quickly they changed their mind or I forget the term he used, double something. He, he called it du something. Duplicitous. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Bob. He referred to it as duplicitous, uh, a much kinder version of hypocrite. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I think this was just doubling down on that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, Billy Horschel had comments 
Uh, Keith Mitchell's come out with some comments. Justin Thomas was on a podcast a couple weeks ago, said the same thing, basically saying for live players going to try to sue the PGA Tour, they're basically suing us too, and we're a part of the PGA Tour. So good on these players for being honest. And as I mentioned, this is going to be an ongoing story. Okay, I, I think that's enough lift talk. I, I think I think we're good on the lift talk. Maybe in 3-dub it'll come up again, but enough's enough. 150th Open this week. Can't wait for that. On the other side, we'll take a look back at the Scottish Open. Xander Shoffley, the hottest player on the PGA Tour. Now the second betting favorite heading into the 150th Open Championship. We'll recap his victory at the Scottish Open. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully, Mark Spino, Bob Weeks. We're actually going to hear from Wes Beza from Caddy Time a little later in the show. Mark had a chance to catch up with Wes last week, and we got all the latest from Caddy Time in that regard. But the Scottish Open went on last weekend, over the weekend. Xander Shoffley, now the hottest player in golf. Heading into the fourth and final major of the men's golf season. Xander Shoffley now back-to-back victories. He wins the Scottish Open, becoming the fifth American to win the Scottish Open, joining Ricky Fowler, Phil Mickelson, Tom Lehman, and Michael Allen. Before we recap Shoffley's victory, let's hear from the latest victor on the PGA Tour. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, you know, I've, I've let some 54-hole lead slip in my career, and... Um, none of late, uh, and it was nice to keep that keep that slate clean for you know the time being. You know, we were Mark. We were had a bit of a text exchange Sunday talking about Xander Shoffley and and getting the job done. Fifty four holes uh, with the lead with the lead, and you know now he's another uh, gets another victory on the PGA Tour. What were your thoughts on his performance over the weekend, Mark? And how has that changed your outlook for Shoffley heading into St Andrews? Well, well, he was my pick this week, uh, as you mentioned earlier, for Edge, just because I thought he was hot. He was coming in uh, well. He played well at the at the J.P. McManus Pro-Am. I know it's just a Pro-Am, but, he, you know, he's obviously on a bit of a heater. I do find it awkward watching him come down the stretch, though. Like, at the Travelers Championship, it looked like he was not going to get the W. It looks like he was going to stumble home. He did, and then he hits it to two feet on the 18th hole. Same thing yesterday. You know, yesterday I, I, there were points out that in, in moments in that in that tournament yesterday where I went, there's no way he's closing this deal. And I think it's so weird, Bob. It's like, you know, sometimes the ball just bounces your way. Sometimes it, it, it doesn't. I think it's just hopping his way right now because he doesn't, to me, he still doesn't look like this great 54-hole closer, a guy who grabs the trophy and runs <laughs> with it. I know he started off with a couple of birdies yesterday. But it was never easy. It was never easy at the Travelers. Um, he seems cool, calm, collected. But watching it, it doesn't feel like that to me. How are you with it? Like, did you feel like he was going to bring this home? Or did you feel like, here we go, he's going to let one go here? Yeah, you kind of wondered as he sort of stumbled through the uh, the first nine, the last few holes in the front nine, you kind of wondered, okay, here we go again. 
And you wondered if, I kind of wondered if he was just running out of juice. I mean, he's, as you said, won the Travelers, came back, won the J.P. McManus Pro-Am, and, and you kind of wonder where he is. But he came, you know, was, he was 11 shots back after the first round. Uh, it's a pretty big mountain to climb. So um, I think he uh, made some nice putts down the stretch, a couple in the last few holes, which really were the difference as far as I was concerned. And um, I think it's, you know, this, is, this just shows you how, thin the margin is between winning and finishing fourth third second right like he had those uh like he was 0 for 4 in closing out 54 hole leads before this year now he's got uh three victories on the season and it doesn't take much i think in terms of a difference um in your game or your your luck as you said the ball kind of bounce in and set of lips out every once in a while and i think this is his time right now okay so his time right now he's been he's had that that label on him as one of, if not the best player to not have a major championship. And he's coming in with great form heading into this week. But you look at other guys, you know, Will Zalatoris, six major, six top tens in nine career major championships. Xander Shoffley, a host of top tens at the U.S. Open, doesn't have a major victor, victory yet. Cameron Smith, obviously player's champion this year, another victory record-setting win at the Century Tournament of Champions. Where are you guys at with best players not to win a major just yet? Uh, Bob, we'll start with you. Is, is Shoffley your number one, or are you more thinking about Zalator, Smith, or someone else? If you're talking about general major championship and form and how that works, I think, sure, I think Shoffley has to be up there. Zalatoris has to be up there. If you're talking about this particular major, I'm not so sure. Uh, Shoffley's never played the old course before this week. It takes, like Augusta National, takes a lot to kind of learn the nuances and where to go and what to trust. Um, I just think this, and especially coming off after a win, which you know always kind of throws your schedule out of whack. You don't really get the same start of the week as you normally would because you're dealing with probably traveling a little bit later than you would have thought of going over to Scott, going over to the old course to St. Andrews, a bunch of things like that. So I just think that um, while he is probably the best player without a major, I'm not sure if it's going to be, if it, that's going to come weak. I would lean more towards Will Zalatoris, even though he doesn't have a great amount of depth on the old course either. So um, if rookies are rookies are first timers are tough winners on this golf course. They really are. Mark, what do you think? You know, it's a hard conversation now. Remember how easy it used to be to just go, that's the best player in the world without a major? Like, it was Sergio for so long. It was Lee Westwood for so long. And Lee never got it done, right? And, it, I mean, now I think you're you're right. We can make an argument for about four or five different players, one of which is certainly Xander Shoffley near at the top of the list. I'm curious why Patrick Cantley's name doesn't come up uh, as much as what I think it kind of should in this conversation is, you know, FedEx cup champion, uh, you know, what's he got five, six career wins. I doesn't, I don't have it in front of me right now, but it's somewhere in that wheelhouse. He's won a lot of big events and, and if, uh, have, have done great in Ryder cup and, and president's cup. And again, tour championship, no major. And I'm with Bob though. I, even though best in the world without a major, Patrick Cantley, Xander Schaff, whatever, neither. I don't know if, the, if this is the week for either one of those guys. I'm a, I'm with Bob on that one. I just, to me, uh, with the exception of with the exception of Augusta National, in the other in the other major championships, when we get to the British Open Rota, St Andrews to me is the is the um, 
the best course for for horses for courses. I know we're going to talk British Open coming up, so or Open Championship coming up. To me, the the old course St Andrews. To Bob's point, is the best horses for courses play in the Open Rota. Yeah, I, I agree with that too for sure. And we've seen so many different conditions at the Open throughout the years at St Andrews. It appears that it's going to be firm. It's going to be fast. The greens are going to be running decently quick for for what they are over in Scotland that we'll see run out in the fairways. Uh, looking forward to that. But you mentioned Patrick Cantlay, seven career PGA Tour victories. Last top 10 at a major though, 2019. So this is a guy wow. who, who can't get it for whatever reason, can't get it done. I, I am, you know, we have our TSN edge picks coming up Wednesday for TV. I, I've got about six or seven names on, on the, the chopping block, if you will, right now. Not sure where I'm going to go. Patrick Cantley sort of, kind of in there. I'll, I'll do some, a deep dive in, into some research here this afternoon for that. But yeah, those are coming out Wednesday uh, on TSN or TSN edge picks. Okay. Time to start previewing the Open. On the other side, we'll do over par, under par for many of the favorites. Plus, we'll also mention a guy by the name of Tiger. Yeah, Tiger, Tiger Woods, back in the field this week at the 150th Open. So much to get to. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. This is our first Open Championship preview show of the week. Can't wait for this. Adam Scully, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, all around the table here. We're going to take a deep dive into the favorites now at the Open Championship. And according to the betting book, we'll start there. Rory McIlroy is your favorite to win. He hasn't won a major since 2014. Seeing him at prices around 10 to 1 right now for Rory McIlroy. Mark, did the betting book get this right? Should Rory be the favorite? I don't know if he deserves to be the complete outright favorite, but I would certainly not argue with him as one of the favorites. Uh, uh, playing exceptionally well. Again, has not won a major in quite some time, to your point. But to me, I, you know, I like to look at my lanes Okay, when I, you know, when I look at the Masters, I'm looking for a uh, strokes gain approach to the green. You know, uh, that's the category I tend to like. You know, lean on hardcore. Um, for me, this week with the Open Championship, it's strokes gained off the tee. I, I think if you look historically at St Andrews, historically speaking, with the exception of 2015, which is a bizarre year, though, guys. Do you remember how bad the weather was and how how they kind of got it wrong and sent those the, that one kind of half of the draw out when they shouldn't and then kind of regretted it and put, tried to put the horses back in the barn? It totally changed the outcome of that golf tournament. I think with the exception of 2015, where they completely dropped the ball, historically speaking, the greatest drivers of the golf ball win at St. Andrews. Tiger Woods, John Daly, Jack Nicholas. I mean... Great drivers of the golf ball win at St. Andrews. Um, and I think Rory is, is the greatest driver of the golf ball in the world when we combine just distance and accuracy and just overpowering a golf course with their driver. So 
Long-winded answer, but they likely got it right, Scully. Okay, and I, I think we should d dive deep into that just a little bit in terms of 2015 because that was the last time that the Open was held at St. Andrews. Of course, Rory didn't play in that tournament because he suffered an, in an ankle injury playing soccer, I believe, or football with his friends and, and didn't actually play that tournament, which, which, of course, Jordan Spieth heading into that major championship was looking for three straight majors, the closest thing we've seen to a Grand Slam in forever, in quite some time since the early 2000s, since the Tiger Slam, uh, really. But, Mark, you mentioned that delay and, uh, or that, um, you know, how, how the RNA might have gotten it wrong with, the massive wind delay, and Bob, you were there on location. And obviously the elements, they always play a big factor at the Open Championship. What do you remember most about 2015 at St. Andrews? Uh, this is going to sound weird, but I remember I, uh, so a, a lot of the houses we rent over there, they don't have dryers. You just have washing machines. Most people hang their laundry outside. And I remember hanging my laundry outside because we were sitting at, we were just about to go for the golf course, and they, they said, okay, we're going to stop play. We're going to halt play. And I hung my laundry up outside, and the wind was so strong, my, uh, my laundry dried in about 20 minutes. It was just like, uh, I mean, in all seriousness, it was a big mistake to send them out. Even as slow as those greens are, you know, and they're roughly like, say, somewhere around nine sometimes on the stimp because of the, of the wind, and the balls were still rolling all over the place. I just remember how it just, the guys who went out, and I remember Dustin Johnson, if I'm not wrong, was one of them, and they just came back kind of looking like they've been uh, put through the ringer and, and how unfair it was. But um, it was it was nuts. And that goes to show what Mark says, you know, that you can, things can happen in a, her, in a heartbeat. Now, from, from what I've seen so far, the Scottish Open and some of the uh, footage and some of the looking at some of the um, uh, people on Twitter and things, it looks like it's really nice. It looks like it's sunny. I won't say it's warm, but it's, it's not bad. Um, so that leads, leads me to believe that if the wind isn't going to play a big defense, this could get ugly in terms of how low they can go because this, mm -hmm. this is, as Nick Faldo was talking about, you know, you could see a 59. But if there's no wind or if it's, the wind is even just barely there, uh, then, then you've got to look for some guy who's going to light it up. And as Mark says, probably a driver is a great tool. Tiger yesterday in a practice round drove the 18th green. He had an eagle putt from about 15 feet. So uh, you could see some real low scores here, and that kind of changes the dynamic of it a little bit for me. Yeah, we'll see some, uh, I think we'll see some low scores, especially if the wind doesn't blow. We might see some major championship scoring records. Obviously, 62 is the single round record by Brandon, Gra Brandon Grace, now with Liv, of course, but back at the 2017 Open Championship in that third round at Royal Birkdale, which Jordan Spieth went on to win. You mentioned Tiger Woods driving the 18th hole. Will Zalatoris hit, oh, just hit three wood over the green. <laughs> it was just a little too much. <laughs> Maybe try to scale it back next time, Will. But, uh, yeah, so Rory McIlroy is the betting favorite at 10-1. to 1. I mentioned Xander Shoffley. He is your second favorite at 13-1. to 1. And then we go to Jordan Spieth. So he's 15-1 to 1 right now. He, is your he has the third shortest odds to win. I mentioned he loves playing St. Andrews. Had the great chance back in 2015 on that rare Monday finish to mm -hmm. win the Claret Jug. Uh, he... Made the bogey on a 71st hole when the wind was just, wind the rain it was coming down and then he he almost actually hit his tee shot out of bounds if you remember on the 72nd hole left and then didn't hit his, hit, hit the best approach shot almost hold it from where Constantino Rocha made that unbelievable putt back in 1995 but given Jordan Spieth 
wouldn't call it maybe a roller coaster season, how he's still sort of fighting that unorthodox move over the top. Bob, let's start with you. Where are you at with Jordan Spieth this week? I like Jordan Spieth this week. I think he's got a good chance. I just like the way he is handling things. And if it's, you know, if it's a little bit of a spraying of the driver, I think you get away with that on this golf course, probably more than any other major championship golf course. And I think he's feeling very comfortable with his swing, even though he does that crazy rehearsal before every tee shot. But I, uh, I'm, I'm big on Jordan Spieth. He is one of the guys I've got considered for my edge picks, too. We'll see, see if I, if I went, go with him. I went with him last week because I thought he was going to be good. And he did have a good week last week. So uh, I think there's a lot to like about Jordan Spieth. And, and you can probably get uh, some half-decent odds. Well, he's plus 1,500, so he is still among the favorites. Still some value there at plus 1,500 for sure for Jordan Spieth. Mark, are you over par or under par on Spieth heading into this week? I'm under par. Uh, I'm with Bob. He's on my radar. I like his chances. I like the horses for courses play. He feels comfortable here. He's 20th in strokes gained off the tee this season on the PGA Tour. So not necessarily at the top of the list, but certainly top 20, uh, which is important. Strokes gained off the tee this week. And I, I think his number on strokes gain off the tee might move up a hair this week to, because of Bob's point. Familiarity and a hair of forgiveness off the tee here. You give him a hair of forgiveness and some f- familiarity, and then you let his creativity inside 50 yards flourish on this golf course. I, I'm with Bob. I'm staring hard at Jordan Spieth right now. If you were to ask me to, to, to give you three picks right now, I think Jordan Spieth would be one of them. I'm sort of in the same boat with Jordan Speed. Four top tens in his last six appearances at the Open Championship. The win back in 2017. The runner-up to Colin Morikawa last year. Who could forget that two-foot miss he had on his 54th hole Saturday afternoon last year? Jordan Speed coming in at 15 to one. Next up, we have Mr. John Rahm. Of course, he won the U.S. Open last year. Been another. Another strange year for John Rom. Got off to a really hot start at the start of 2022 and then sort of fizzled out, I guess you could say. Won in Mexico. But we haven't really seen all that much from John Rom. He's always been one of the great drivers of the golf ball on tour. Bob, where are you at with John Rom? Uh, I'm at even par. Oh, <laughs> not really, love it. Not really above, not really below. I think that John is a guy that uh, I, I kind of want to like him. I want as a pick. I want to be there. I mean, off the tee, he's still strokes gained first, right off the tee. So he's as, as Mark says, that driver still can get him a lot of uh, a lot of extra shots. So, um, but but again, his his results are. I mean, there's nothing wrong with them. They're they're pretty good. But 55 last week, uh, 12th at the U.S. Open, 10th at the Memorial. And 48th at the PGA. There's nothing in there that says to me, uh, man, this guy is just on a heater right now. And, I, and that's the one thing that kind of makes me a little bit nervous. Mark, you, over par, under par? Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to go over par. I'm with Bob. I, I, you know, I'm with Bob. I, I'd like to say even because how do you take the guy who's number one in strokes gain off the tee, which is the, the category that you're leaning on the most this week. Um, and, I, and, and I, up until the Scottish Open... I was almost positive that John Rahm was going to be a selection this week for me because of that. And I really thought that he might show us something at the Scottish Open, like give, give us a reason to believe that he's on the cusp. And I didn't see it. I saw a guy who's still kind of not putting it together, to Bob's point, and there's just not been a lot. So 
I don't, I don't know. Right now, I'm not high on John Rahm. Um, he could surprise. Like he's so good, he's so talented, and he's so good with the driver that he could surprise all of us. But right now, I'm over par. What do you have him at, Adam? I'm curious because I know you really, were, you and I were very high on John Rahm the last three weeks on the Open Championship, and now I feel like I'm bailing on Rahm. Are you bailing or are you still on the ROM train? I've kind of got a feeling about him for some reason. I think the slower greens, this is a guy who is very streaky with the putter. I think slower greens will actually do him well, having to hit the ball firmer, more firm, I guess you could say. Uh, his run in the majors uh, before this he- before this season, he had five straight top tens of the major championships, of course, including that victory at Torrey Pines at the U.S. Open. Bob, you mentioned the T12 at the U.S. Open. Made the cut in the other two majors. Wasn't really in the mix. John Rahm is one of those guys who is on my my TSN Edge chopping board where I, I'm I'm sort of contemplating and on my Venn diagram of like, yeah, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But John Rahm, I, I kind of like that 16 to 1 number too. It's not bad for, for Rombo. So. All right. I, I that's it. I'm back on the Rahm train. We can, <laughs> I back can't in? leave now. I can't leave now, Adam. You're right. You're right. I'm wrong. I convinced you. And you? I have been on him. Yeah. You and I have been on him for three weeks because of everything you said. I agree with you a thousand percent. I cannot react to what I saw at the Genesis Open. I'm back on the Rahm train. Under par. So you know what that means. John Rahm is either going to win this golf tournament in runaway fashion or he's going to shoot a pair of 75s and not even <laughs> sniff the cut. There's really no in-between if, if, we, if we're both on John Rahm. Uh, next up in, on the betting book here, we have Matt Fitzpatrick, who had a very solid week at the Scottish Open, of course won the U.S. Open uh, in, in great fashion. He's a big, guy, big fan of the stack system. He's hitting his driver so much farther than he was. The, the club head speed's there. He's very impressive to watch right now, that quick-tempoed swing. Mark, are you what? Are, any burnout here from Fitzpatrick heading into St Andrews? What do you think about his odds? No, I, I think I'm very high on Fitzpatrick. I think he's he played the Genesis Open to knock the rust off. Uh, uh, he you know top what top ten? I think he finished tied for six, uh, three under par. No, he looks solid. I think uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick. We better be watching him uh, this week. Bob, what do you think? Uh, I'm the same way. I think that this guy is just on a roll right now, and it wouldn't take much. We were talking earlier um, about, uh, you know, with, with Scotty, uh, sorry, with Xander Shoffley about getting the breaks and getting things going your way. And I feel that's kind of where Matt Fitzpatrick is right now. You look at his last bunch of starts here. I mean, you go back to the Wells Fargo, second, fifth, missed cut of the Memorial, but then 10th, first, and sixth. Um, he's uh, he's just seems to be putting everything together. And this is his kind of golf. I mean, this is where he shines more than more than most, I think, and he's, uh, he's proven that in the past, but um, I, I, I'm big on him. Okay, so big on Fitzpatrick. And now before we go to break here, I guess we have to talk about the world number one, Scotty Scheffler coming in under the radar again for yet another major. He's at plus 1,800 right now, the sixth shortest odds to win. This is a guy, obviously, who's on the heater of all heaters at the start of the season, winning the Masters, winning four tournaments, getting to world number one. Yeah, he did miss the cut at the Scottish Open. Doesn't have all that much experience playing over here. Hadn't seen St. Andrews since playing a, a practice round uh, on over the weekend. Bob, Scotty, Scheffler, over par or under par? I'm a little under par. I hate to say that for, the, as you said, the world's number one, but I'm not sure if he's got the, 
um, the game to deal with this right now? I'm not sure. I, I really am kind of trying to figure out where he is. As you said, the last little bit has not been necessarily terrible, but it's not been great. And, um, and I just wonder if he's starting to run out of fuel after a, a, a pretty busy season he's had so far with a lot of success. A lot of success, very busy schedule too. Mark, where are you at with Scheffler? I, I think he's going to have a great playoff. I think we'll see him make a big push for the FedEx Cup and likely go deep in the Tour Championship, have a chance to win the whole thing. I don't like him this weekend. I'm with Bob. I don't think this is his comfort zone. Uh, I think he's in a bit of lull, a bit of a lull in his season at the moment. This is not his comfort zone, his type of golf. He's 49th in strokes gained off the tee, so it's not particularly his number one weapon, uh, his driver. Uh, he looked a little uncomfortable at the Genesis. I think he's going to maybe stumble and fumble a little bit for a week or two here, and then I expect him to have a big playoff. There you go. It's it's so exciting to see. And we haven't even mentioned Tiger Woods. We're going to get Tiger Woods <laughs> in, in a big way because I know program director Jeff McDonald's tuning in, and he's like, where's the Tiger talk? He's the favorite player. Does he favorite make player. the cut, guys? Does Tiger make the cut? Yes. Yep. That's All right. Way. We got two All yeses. Right. Two yeses. I'm not Mark, saying anything. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Stay tuned to Hour 2 where Mark Sakina will give us an answer. Will Tiger make the cut or will he not? On the other side, we'll recap the Barbasol Championship and have the latest on a very exciting edition of 20 Weeks of TaylorMade. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. I'm Scully, Bob Weeks, Mark Zacchino, wrapping up Hour 1. The front side here, we'll get back. To the Open Championship momentarily. The 150th at St. Andrews gets underway on Thursday. But first, the Barbasol Championship also took place over the weekend. Trey Mullinex getting into the winner's circle. Rounds of 65, 65, 67, 66. A one-shot victory over Kevin Streelman. Let's hear from Trey Mullinex. What a week. Uh, tired. Uh, it's a long day today. Uh, it was a grind. Uh, but we stayed sharp. We stayed focused um, pretty much all day. We knew that it was going to be a grind. We knew guys were, you know, we were going to get wore down, but we just had to just keep at it and keep firing. And, you know, at the end of the day, I walked away with a with low score. You sure did. Trey Mullinex, the victory. But, Bob, a great week for Canadian Adam Svensson. Sixth place finish, rounds of 62, 67, 69, 71. What were your takeaways from Adam Svensson? Uh, just another good week for Adam Svensson, a guy who I've kind of been expecting for a long time to, to start playing at this level all the time. Now, yes, it's an opposite field event. It isn't quite as deep, but he's, uh, and I think we've said this many times on both radio and TV, that he just has this ability to start putting birdies up on the board in a hurry and going low. And he did that for most of the week. I think he stumbled a little bit on those last three holes, both in the third and the uh, final day, he kind of played those pretty poorly, and that, that cost him a, a legitimate chance to win probably. But, um, again, it's when you're trying to win for the first time, you've got to get yourself in the hunt, feel what it's like, try and understand it. He's won at every single level in his career. So I think the next step is, is not 
Um, it's not when, if it's going to happen, but when it's going to happen. I'm, I'm big on Adam Svensson now. I think he's matured a lot as a, as a person and as a golfer as well. So those things are, uh, can only help him. Should also mention a great week for Canadian Taylor Pendrith who finished T13. He was also second in the field in strokes gained off the tee. Michael Gligic playing some great golf. Another very strong week, T21 for Michael Gligic. So a great week for Team Canada at the Barbasol Championship. Aaron Cockrell also making the cut there. Now, of course, gents, here on GTC, 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues. This week we're giving away the all-new Stealth UDI or DHY your choice and i put a little uh, video out there on on social media because uh my mine arrived uh, last week and mine actually arrived on friday when i was without any cell service so i was sitting essentially in the dark not really knowing what to do i got a knock on my door and this box <laughs> shows up and it was essentially christmas in july for me and of course the only way to win follow golf talk canada taylor may canada Twitter, Instagram, tag your golfing buddies. You'll be in the draw to win. And you'll be seeing the Stealth UDI and DHY both in the field this week. A lot of guys have already uh, been fitted for it. Rory McIlroy, Tiger Woods, Colin Morikawa, Tommy Fleetwood, among those, Mark, who will have it in the bag this week. I'm just curious, Adam, because this has always been a type of club that you've always had in the bag and done well with. Like, I love watching you hit your, your driving iron, right? Uh, so give us the give us the Coles notes on this. Like how did it play? It, 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 was it similar to the old one? What were the differences? You know, what do you like? How'd it go? I found it was it was way hotter off the face than the Sim UDI. I think I could flight it. I could hit it high, and especially this time of year where we're not playing in Scotland, but it's it's firm, it's hot, and the ball go, rolls out a long way. So some tee shots. Is it a two were, iron, Adam? It's, Did it's you get two the two iron, iron yeah. version? Yeah. So Bob, what Adam's telling us now is he now carries a three hundred and twenty yard two iron. I think he just told us. <laughs> That's a uh, that's a uh, driver and six iron for me. <laughs> well, I, I I mentioned earlier that my putting is never I've never been more confident with my putting. My long game has some issues. Again, Ralph Bauer, if you're listening, I I would love to talk to you about how to not how to get a little better from tee to green because you've changed my life on the putting green. But uh, yeah, I, I love that stealth UDI. I I love a little. A little low cut I've been hitting off the tee with that. So, uh, But again, it could be yours. Just follow Golf Talk Canada, follow TaylorMade Canada, Twitter and Instagram, tag your golfing buddies, and you'll be in the draw. One player who will very likely have the Stealth UDI in the bag this week at St. Andrews, Mr. Tiger Woods. On the other side, to, tick, to kick off Hour 2, we'll discuss the Big Cat. What are his chances this week? Imagine if he gets in the mix come Sunday. That will be Amazing. This has been hour one of GTC, hour two coming up next. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to hour one of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is hour two of Golf Talk Canada, presented by. Picton Mahoney Asset Management. 
For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back. Hour 2 GTC. It is Scully. It is Weeks. It is Zacchino. And it is our Open Championship Preview Show. The 150th Open starts Thursday at St. Andrews. Can't wait. It's the final major of uh, for the men on and the, this season, 2022. Looking forward to this great event. And someone who's back in the field for this last major, Mr. Tiger Woods. And Tiger made the cut in the first two majors of the season. Had to withdraw from the PGA Championship after three rounds. You could tell that injured ankle, injured right leg. He just couldn't push it any farther. But you can tell heading into this week, the motivation is there. It's a much flatter golf course. So on that tone, Bob, in terms of the, the walk itself, you're not going up the, the crazy elevation changes at Augusta and Southern Hills. What do you think about Tiger Woods this week? Uh, I'm not super high on Tiger, unfortunately. I think, you know, I think he'll play all right. I think he probably has a good shot chance to make the cut. If you're talking about his Tiger in contention to win this tournament, I just don't think that's a realistic viewpoint you can have at this at this juncture. He obviously knows the golf course. He's won here twice before. Um, but you've seen him walking a little bit without a bumpy leg. Uh, he's still kind of limping, I guess, is the best way to define it. He His game is um, probably good enough to play, but not good enough to contend, I would say, at this point. He, let's, let's not lose sight of the fact that you go back and look at all his competitive rounds right now. What are the seven? I mean, he's he hasn't played a lot of golf uh, at this level. But uh, I think he wanted to be here. I think he'll play with a lot of passion. I think he'll uh, he calls this his favorite golf course in the world. So I think it's going to be fun to watch. And and I truly do do hope that he does surprise me. Now, Mark, he didn't have the greatest performance at the the pro am at, at Adair Manor. He looked rusty. His iron game looked awful, really. But but this is a guy who can flip a switch, and we've seen that. I mean, for, for Tiger to make the cut in the first two majors of the year, given where he was a year ago, more than a year ago now, with that gruesome car accident is an unbelievable accomplishment in itself. Do, do you think Tiger can will his way into somewhat relevancy this weekend? I, I, I'm with Bob in the sense I think he'll make the cut. That's kind of where my expectations end. I think he'll make the cut because of familiarity with the property. He loves it there. To Bob's point, I think being at this championship was very important to Tiger. He respects history so much. Um, he wants to be there. I think all those things, plus the fact that the best club in his bag right now might be his driver. So, you know, when you consider all that, I think, you know what, there's pretty good chance I think we get to see him play four rounds of golf after that guys I mean to Bob's point set you know seven competitive rounds doesn't you know not looking like a guy that can compete at this level he's made us all look like fools before when we've underestimated him so you know nothing of course would, would ever surprise me from this guy but he just the way he moves now, he moves so gingerly and it just doesn't look like he doesn't look physically able to do this anymore. But all that aside, because of where we are and because of how important it is to him, I think I think we'll see him play the weekend. 
Okay, so you, you guys know me, and I can be a little out there sometimes. I was a goalie for 12 years of my life, so that, that, that comes with, uh, with that. But if Tiger does get in the mix, hi, hypothetically speaking, like next week, next, week, next Monday when we're ra- radio on TV, let's say he has a chance on Sunday. Like, is the internet going to explode? Like, what's going to happen at St. Andrews? Are we going to see people running on the golf course? Like, if, if he somehow gets in the mix, I mean, I remember the 2019 Masters, Mark, we had a special GTC that Sunday morning when it was mm-hmm. breakfast at Augusta, and, uh, you know, they, they teed off so early. What do you think is going to happen if this guy somehow gets in the mix on Sunday afternoon, Mark? Well, every, the, whole, the whole world will go crazy, obviously. Uh, but I think able to put himself there. That, that's when I say all bets are off. Because that's when, if you get yourself in that position, if he somehow miraculously gets himself in that position, to me, that's when the six inches between the ears are, are what's going to win, win something or lose something. And that's where he's just always been so much better than everybody else. So... I mean, if he puts himself there, Bob, nothing would surprise me. Getting himself to that position would shock me. But if he's able to actually get himself to that spot, then nothing would surprise me because between the years, he's just always been so much better than everybody else. Agreed. I I just don't think that he's got it in him right now to be able to get there. But you're right. If he was somehow able to do it, I mean, the uh, it would be to me it would be like either him in 2019 or if you want an open championship corresponding uh, story, it might be Tom Watson. You know, it's just the most unlikely thing that could ever happen, and yet this is probably a golf course where, if the breaks go your way, you don't have to play as good as you would say at Augusta National. I don't mean that in a bad way, but listen, Tiger, as you said, Adam Tiger's driver was going well. Or maybe it was you, Mark, sorry, that said that Drivers Tiger was going well. He, as I said off the top of the show, he drove the 18th green in a practice round. If the weather stays warm, that's another big one. If it gets yeah. cool out there, he's going to be in trouble. I mean, that's basically what happened at the PGA Championship. So there's, there's, a, there's a, a lot of ifs and a lot of uh, uh, buts. Um, and I just think there's too many of those piling up in front of it for the, for the miracle to happen. But, boy, it would be fun if it did. It would be must-see TV, and you'd see that final round on TSN, too, which would be awesome in itself to see Tiger Woods uh, in the mix. And, yeah, and that's what people, I guess, sometimes not forget about, but maybe fail to mention is that this guy absolutely mangled his right leg, but this is a guy who still has a fused back, a fused spine, where we saw, remember that 2019 Open Championship? Bob, we were both there on location at Royal Portrush, and, yeah, I mean, Tiger had been on vacation in Thailand two weeks before, and you could tell he wasn't, you know, his mind wasn't really in it, so to speak. But that was a guy who was sort of shuffling around in pain. And that was because he had a back issue and he's, he's stiff. And this is a guy where the warmer weather, if it stays relatively warm and we avoid some rain, stays dry. You never know with Tiger Woods. We're not going <laughs> to count him out. Seeing him at prices around 90 to 1 for those who like to put a little some dollars down on, on Eldrick. 90 to 1 uh, for Tiger Woods. Before we go to break here. We have to also mention there are two Canadians in the field at the Open Championship, Corey Connors and Mackenzie Hughes. And if you think back to last year, both of these guys had legitimate chances to win the Open Championship. Mackenzie Hughes had the best ever finish by a Canadian-born player at last year's Open at T6. Corey Connors as well, a very good finish. Mark, let's start with you. Corey Connors, 
or Mackenzie Hughes? Who do you like more this uh, week? I love Corey Connors this week. At 100-1, to 1, he is seventh on the PGA Tour in strokes gained off the tee. Um, we just know his ball striking so solid. If, if he can use that driver this week and just get comfortable with the green speeds, which he showed us last year that he can get comfortable with the green speeds, I mean, I don't know. I, not, nothing against Mac. You know, I'd be not, Mac wills it in. He, you know, I mean, he's. I be not wouldn't be shocked if he had a great tournament. But I really like Corey Connors at a hundred to one. And if we're just talking long shots in general, guys, because I know we're you know we're going to wrap on this. Cameron Young, remember how he played at the PGA? He is second on the PGA Tour, guys, in strokes gained off the tee. He is ninety-five to one right now. And second in strokes gain off the tee of the PGA. You want to talk a guy who can attack a golf course with his driver? I mean, th- watch out. At 95 to 1, that might be worth a little interest. Wow. Okay. That's uh, that's a, that's some value right there. Cameron Young. He was a guy I was all over for the U.S. Open. Then he had quite possibly the most the wildest back nine a professional golfer can have with a quad and a double and a bogey and a hole-in-one and an eagle. And I, he missed the cut by one. So... Cameron Young and me aren't really seeing eye to eye right now, but at 95 to one, I might have to sprinkle something on Mr. Cameron. Young. Okay, Bob to you, Mackenzie Hughes or Corey Connors. Who do you like more this week? Uh, you got to like Corey. I think he's such a good, good striker of the ball. And he, the one thing he's very underrated with is he's a very good wind player. He can control his ball. He's kind of got that boring flight, the little baby draw. Uh, I like that. But if there's a, if there's a, uh, if there's an advantage that, that uh, Mac might have it's that you can spray your ball a little bit off the tee here, um, you know, a little bit wider fairways than we're normally used to, as long as you don't spray it too much. And so that might be a guy, you know, and, th- and that's in some ways that's kind of what he got away with yes- last week or last year. He he just drove the ball decently and then um, used the rest of his mar- magical short game in from there. So um, Mackenzie Hughes has that ability to kind of surprise us after. Maybe he doesn't play all that well, and all of a sudden, boom, he just turns it around. So I wouldn't rule him out either. He's, um, he's a guy who likes the uh, Lynx golf. He's told me that a number of times. We've had conversations over different courses, and so, uh, so he could be a, a threat as well. And for these players, it's all about this week. It's patience. It's embracing the elements if they do come. I mean, as of now, it looks like some win, but like nothing too, too major. And like we've mentioned, dry conditions, it's going to roll out. But you don't... I mean, obviously, as, as golf fans, as golf media, we'd, we'd love to see carnage out there. We'd love to see what happened at that, you know, the 2002 Open at Muirfield when the, the weather came in and, and Tiger shot 82 and wasn't wearing a hat. Guys were shivering under, under, uh, under umbrellas and they were so cold. Or the 2019 Open Championship when they had to move up the final round tee times because of the weather coming in. That was crazy. But it looks like we're going to get some dry conditions this week at St. Andrews, the 150th Open Championship can't wait for that on the other side we're going to switch gears a little bit we're going to hear from Wes Beza from Caddy Time this is Golf Talk Canada this segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management for over 15 years our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions including this one This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. It is 
Scully, Weeks, and Zucchino. We are previewing the Open Championship, the historic 150th at St. Andrews this week. On the other side, we'll have winners, weird, and what. But now we're going to switch gears a little bit and our friends from Caddy Time. And Caddy Time is a very unique app, and we've discussed it a little bit on our show throughout the year. But, Mark, for those maybe who are tuning in for the first time who, who aren't aware of what Caddy Time is, w w what is Caddy Time? It's, it's a very neat uh, program. It's, uh, they describe it as, as an Uber-like app for golfers and caddies. So, uh, you know, on Uber, you, you go to your app, you go to your profile, you select what car you like and, and where you're going, and a car picks you up and takes you. This is very similar in a sense if you're golfing somewhere, whether it be in competition, whether it be casual, and you like to walk, but you don't like to, uh, uh, but you don't like to, to lug your equipment, uh, the app actually connects you with a caddy in the area, uh, usually a caddy that would work some somewhere for that golf club because they, they did a, an agreement or have a partnership with the PGA of Canada uh, as well. So so most of the caddies are connected to the club in, in, in some way. This is different. Uh, it's very cool. This time I was up at that PGA of Canada championship up at Beacon Hall, which was just awesome. And Caddy Time uh, supplied some caddies for the field because a lot of these players are great players, but they flew from other parts of the country. Uh, great, great professionals that, you know, don't have friends locally. They came from, you know, British Columbia, Calgary, wherever, and needed a caddy for the week. So uh, Caddy Time uh, got involved, in, and I thought it'd be really cool to speak to one of the caddies. You know, like, how did you even get involved with this? You know, like, you know, like, because to me, like, I don't know a caddy, you know, in this country. I know caddies abroad, but I don't really know caddies here. So I thought let's we might want to catch up with one of them. There you go. Well, that being said, Mark, you caught up with Wes Veza from Caddy Time. Joining me now, Wes Veza. Wes uh, had the opportunity to be part of the Caddy Time Caddy Experience up at the 100th celebration of the PGA of Canada Championship up at Beacon Hall uh, just over a week ago. Uh, Wes, thanks for taking the time to do this uh, uh, with me. Before we get into your experience at Beacon Hall, have you always caddied? Has it always been part of your life? Or is this something that you just said, hey, I want to go try this? Uh, I've been caddying on and off for about 15 years now. Um, it's always been something I've enjoyed doing since, since I played collegiate golf when I was younger. Uh, I have a few friends in the industry who, who tee it up from time to time competitively. And typically when they're looking for a looper, they give me a shout. Uh, so you, that, those are hard bags to find though. So you know, how, you know, so I'm, I'm assuming somebody like you, when caddy time hits the radar and you go, wow, okay, this kind of spoke to you immediately right away of something of interest. Absolutely. Uh, a few years ago, I was, I used, I used to think about ways of trying to match golfers and caddies, because as you said, the hardest part about being a caddy is, is finding regular work. I mean, if I just focus on the network of golfers I know, I might get five or six rounds a year. Uh, but caddy time kind of bridges that. Um, they, they, that's the solution to that problem. They're matching golfers and caddies. And okay, so how, how easy or difficult, for that matter, was it to sign up on the app to say, hey, I want to be part of the caddy system? And what process did you go for? Because obviously, you know, somebody – you know, like my stepson, for example, who works at a back shop at a, at a private golf club here in Toronto, 
he has kind of shown interest like, hey, I want to do this. But his level of caddying versus your level of caddying, two very different things. So how was the process just to get registered and how do they identify you as somebody who actually knows a little bit about what they're doing out there? Well, what they do, it's, it's, it's a really smart system and it's super easy to navigate through. But uh, the long and short of it is when you sign up as a caddy, you take a, a short test. And depending on how you perform on the test, they rank you as a bronze, silver, gold, or platinum level caddy. Um, if, if, if you do achieve platinum level status, then you're able to caddy at the CPGA championship for, for pros. Uh, if you're not at that level, then they match you accordingly uh, with golfers that maybe don't need a caddy of that level. They're just looking for someone to kind of help them navigate the course. Beginners, new people who are new to golf, they might not understand the nuances of, of navigating 18 holes, in which case a silver or gold level caddy might, might do them just fine. All right, so obviously at your level, you got to, to participate in the PGA of Canada 100th uh, edition of that championship. The names on that trophy are crazy when you, when you take a look. Who did you caddy for? What was the experience like? <clears throat> Excuse me. I caddied for a, a gentleman named Billy Houle out of, uh, out of Quebec, Joliet Golf Course, and uh, the experience was unreal. Uh, Billy played really well the day we, we, we were matched together, and um, – uh, it, 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 we, we, we seem to hit it off pretty quick. And I mean, frankly, that's, it's kind of the caddy's job to, uh, roll with, uh, uh, the character of the golfer, right? Not all golfers are the same and we need to figure out really quick if, if the golfer wants, you know, a chatty, upbeat, talkative round, or if they just want to put their head down and go to work. Um, so we figured out where we were and how to communicate real quick. And, and we had a great day on the course and what a phenomenal course that was, by the way. That's one of the best in the country. Okay. Yeah. Wes, uh, before we let you go, uh, give me the reasons why in your mind, if someone's thinking of, you know, taking up caddying, whether it's a part-time job, whether they're already involved in the golf industry, whether they're already kind of quasi attached to this, you know, why sign up as a caddy? And part two of this, as a consumer uh, who, you know, loves to golf, loves to walk, hates to deal with their gear, yada, yada, yada. As a consumer, why would you use the app? Okay. Um, I think for most golfers, most people who, who love the game, uh, spending four or five hours on a golf course isn't work. It's not. Uh, I truly enjoy just being on the course. Um, if I'm playing golf, I'm paying a hundred bucks or so to go spend four hours on the course. If I'm caddying, uh, I'm getting paid to do the same thing. I'm still on the course. I'm still part of a team trying to go low. Um, typically by the 15th hole, I'm, I think to myself, wow, we're on 15 already. Cause I've had so much fun. And I think most golfers could appreciate that. Uh, the second part of the question, um, I would I would challenge golfers uh, to think about different perspectives on who needs a caddy and why. Uh, a lot of golfers think you don't need a caddy unless you're competing in a in a competitive event, but realistically, um, golfers at any level could benefit from having a caddy. If 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 you're new to golf, 
Uh, it's great to take lessons on the range with your local pro, but it could be equally beneficial to spend four or five hours on the course, walking the course, navigating the course with somebody who knows how to, how to navigate a golf course. Um, if you've got a, a young teenager getting into the game and you want to drop them off at the course for the day, maybe get him a caddy and he's got someone to talk golf with for five hours. Uh, conversely, if you're, if you're playing around with, uh, with your friends on Sunday morning and, you know, maybe you're playing for a couple of pops or whatever your stakes are, it'd be, you know, really beneficial to have a teammate out there with you versus uh, going at it solo. So just challenge your perspective. You'd be surprised how many people um, need a caddy and don't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great advice, uh, Wes. You got to maybe change the way you're looking at something and maybe uh, uh, find new ways of enjoying the game. I try to use a caddy, especially when I travel. I, I tend to tap into caddies more so than ever to, before and go, why aren't I doing more of this at home? Thanks. Right. Thanks yeah. so much for your time. Enjoy the rest of your summer. Thanks, Mark. You too. Take care. Uh, was Mark with Wes Vezza from Caddy Time. And I'm someone who I've used a caddy before overseas. Uh, Mark, I know you're heading overseas shortly where you will also be using a caddy. Bob, have you used a caddy uh, golfing before? Uh, many times, yeah. Certainly out of Cabot. They have great caddies out there, but I've done that a couple of other, on uh, some other adventures as well. I remember one of my favorite caddy stories was... Uh, at uh, playing Shadow Creek in Las Vegas, and I got a caddy who actually was a PGA Tour caddy for many years, but said he could make more money consistently at uh, Shadow Creek. So I asked him, I said, what's the most money you've ever seen exchange hands? And he, said, he wasn't really supposed to tell me, but he said it was $1.2 million. <laughs> they, paid off, they paid off in poker chips. There's a little bit more to the story, but, uh, but he had some great tales about people who had, who had played there and some that you'd know and some that you wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, Mickelson had a good day that day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mark, any notable caddy stories from from your days? Uh, nothing. No, I uh, I've used them a bunch. I uh, use them a ton when I travel. I'm off to Ireland tonight. I have a caddy book for every single round. Uh, where it's going to come up in Winners Weird and What? A little uh, a bit about my trip and a little bit about Tiger's trip. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I'm with Bob. I uh, I, I enjoy. It. I love walking. So that's my favorite way to play golf, but I hate, I can't carry anymore because my back's shot and push carts and pull carts can be a real pain, especially walking up sand dunes. Uh, I really enjoy the game walking with a caddy. It's, it, it is the most enjoyable way to play. I, I totally agree. And one story from me, I was, when, the first time I was in Ireland in September of 2014, uh, our group played Royal Portrush before the changes were made and we had a, a guy who was double bagging uh, he was he had so he was my, my dad's clubs and my my clubs and we you know we're, we're chatting with the round and he was actually one of graham mcdowell's best friends so j just funny how small the world was of course that day we saw darren clark on, on the driving range as well just wheeling up there in his ferrari just just there to practice for the day that's fine yeah it's casual but uh, oh, the life of a pro golfer and caddy time, a great app. Check it out. And uh, it could help your golf game here going forward. On the other side, winners, weird, and what? This is GTC. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada. Presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. 
Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully, Bob Weeks, and Mark Sacchino here. It is our favorite time of the show. It's Winners Weird and What. And this week, Bob, you have the tea. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! All right, guys, my winner this week is uh, a caddy. And he's uh, a caddy who was on a winning bag this week. He was on the bag of Trey Mullinex at the... Uh, Barbasol Championship, and his name's Julian Trudeau, and he's better known as just Jules. Uh, but if you don't know Jules, he it was, for many years, the longtime caddy for Graham Dillette. He was also, prior to that, a, a, guy, a contestant on the big break, where he happened to meet his, uh, his uh, now wife, Mallory uh, Blackwelder, and uh, they had a, a great, obviously had a great uh, time on that show, and it led into bigger things now, but... Uh, the interesting story about Julian is that after Graham sort of sat on the sidelines for a while, he still needed to eat, so he went out and got another bag. And he, for a while, he was caddying for Adam Long, but that didn't go too well because he wasn't making enough money, so he actually left. And he got a trial from uh, Daniel Berger. Daniel Berger was looking for a new caddy. He said, let's do three tournaments together. Uh, but after the first tournament, which was the... Uh, which was the U.S. Open, no, the PGA Championship, they realized, eh, yeah, that's not going to work. And so uh, they, that relationship ended a little bit abruptly, at which point he uh, got a call from Trey Mullinex and said, hey, why don't you come for caddying for me, which he did, and uh, three or four tournaments into their relationship, they're in the winner's circle. So that's a nice way to cash a caddy's check awesome. for a good guy. He's a really nice guy from uh, a Quebec golfer who had a good career in his own right and uh, decided to uh, move on to the bag was a little safer way for him to play. Um, my weird this week, I don't know if you guys saw this. Um, maybe, maybe you did. John Daly. John Daly never disappoints. But to celebrate July 4th, John Daly uh, got, was in, it looked like he was in a parking lot that overlooked a major highway in Akron, Ohio, and decided that someone said... Do you think you could hit that football field on the other side of the uh, highway? Not really thinking that he would actually try. He says, give me a club. Bare feet, uh, put the ball down on the ground and whipped it over the highway. And yes, it landed on the football field. I gather he hit a few of them. But, <laughs> my God, imagine there was no reports of any accidents or anything anywhere. So I guess he, uh, he was safely managed to get the balls uh, across. Uh, Adam, have you ever tried to hit a, over anything at all other than a creek or a lake? Oh, good question. Uh, I contemplated trying to hit a chip over a playing partner's bag this week. They, they left their bag. I was in a bunker. They left their bag right in front where I was trying to go over the pin. And I said, I might try this, but I don't want to cover your bag in sand. So, no, I, I haven't actually tried that. No, in long. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. <laughs> and uh, my what this week is, what would it be like to play pro hockey in St. Andrews, Scotland? Some guys love hockey and golf. We know a lot of those guys. Uh, Adam Scully is one of those. Well, yeah, I know you don't play much <laughs> hockey anymore. But we have a few of those guys in, uh, in, at, at TSN. And there is a, such a team. There's a, a, the oldest professional hockey team in the United Kingdom. is called the Fife Flyers. They play a little bit down the road in Kilcaddy, Caldy. 
and uh, they have been playing since 1938. And golf is such a popular pastime for the players, who the majority come from U.S., Canada, and Sweden, that they hold their practices at night because they get the guys a chance to go out and play golf during the day. And they're a pretty good team, apparently, from what I understand. So it's not too bad. I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that, Mark? Would you, um, you played a little hockey in your day, I think. What would you, what would you think about maybe uh, golf at the day, hockey at night as a, as a, a way to make a living? Uh, Bob, I always think it's so cool right? when, when, like, when you go to these places where like, you would never imagine hockey being part of the community or this and all of a sudden all it takes is one or two Canadians to go hey we need a hockey team right <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> anyway I don't think the uh, Fife Flyers are going to win the Stanley Cup or uh, but they they are a pretty apparently a pretty competitive team all right Mark the T is now yours I'll answer the question you want answers I think I'm entitled you want answers I want the truth you can't handle the truth well, as Adam mentioned uh, before we went to break, I am off to Ireland this evening. And my winner is that it seems like the best players in the world have been playing the Mark Zucchino rotation in Southwest Ireland prior to me getting there. Last week, it was uh, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler. You found them at places like uh, La Hinch and Trey Lee. And then earlier this week, Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy playing together at Bally Bunyan. And this is exactly the rota that I'm about to do. And Adam, I just thought it was cool that, you know, these guys, they don't need any more golf in their life. With their time off, this is what they're choosing to do. I got even more excited about going to Ireland and playing golf when I saw that these guys were as pumped as I, I am to go play there. Pretty incredible. And, and Bally Bunyan, for those who haven't been there, one of the great golf courses in the world. When I went, my dad and I had our matching plus fours on, you know, first good decision on the golf course, start from the closet. Now, Rory <laughs> McIlroy and Tiger Woods showed up to Bally Bunyan in a helicopter. We did not. Are you showing up in a helicopter this time around, Mark? No, it will be a bus for me, Adam. Okay. I will be on the bus. It will be no okay. copter for me. But, uh, you know, Bob's using the Golf Talk Canada helicopter this week. So it was already. <laughs> right. oh, oh, he has it this week. Oh, okay, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, my weird this week is what is going on with the PR team for Phil Mickelson? Uh, Bob, I mean, his, his reputation has just been trashed over like the last six months or so, completely in the toilet. He's had all of corporate America walk away from him. Long-time relationships he's had for, for decades, you know, kind of leave him stranded on the side of the road. And on this afternoon, instead of playing in the past champions uh, event at the British Open, at the Open Championship, and waving and smiling and giving thumbs up to everybody, he says, well, if you're not letting Greg play, I'm not playing either. And he takes his ball and he goes home. From a PR perspective, should he not be doing everything possible right now to wave his past champion's flag everywhere he goes? Because to me, A, this is not helping his reputation, Bob, and B, this does not set a nice standard knowing what's coming up in April with all the past champion celebrations we do every year at Augusta. Did this not catch you off guard? It did catch me off guard because, I, like you, I would have thought, yeah, this is the perfect time for him to kind of start making good with things that he's doing and all that, and then I thought, you know, now what you're doing is really, really establishing this divide between the live and the rest of the world, right? We're going we're gonna to support our side, you're going to support your side, and I don't know, I just thought, I think it would have been very easy for Phil to go out and play the four holes and uh, smile, as you say, give the thumbs up. 
Yeah, I think his PR team needs to be let go immediately. Either that or he's getting the advice and choosing just not to take it. Uh, my what this week, what a shot by uh, Ben Griffin. Uh, ben Griffin, Corn Ferry Tour player, on his way to the PGA Tour for 23, uh, for 22-23 uh, 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 next season. He's already locked up enough points where it looks like he will be on the PGA Tour next year. But he's playing down in Sea Island, Georgia. Casual round of golf. And all of a sudden, gets on a heater. Shoots 28 on the front nine. Eventually gets to the 18th hole. He needs birdie to shoot 59. Gets into tree trouble off the tee. Looks like 59's out of the, out of the uh, equation. And then all of a sudden, from the middle of the fairway, hitting his fourth shot, he holds it for a 59. And his buddy took a shaky video on they actually filmed it and, and got a shaky video of it they put it on twitter but what a year for ben griffin so cool 26 years old dunks it for a 59 down at sea island well done always cool to break 60 regardless of it's in competition or not all right adam the t sir is yours 348 <laughs> oh man that is sweet Okay, gents, my winner this week is actually the Open Championship YouTube channel. And that might be kind of a, a rare and interesting winner. But I've noticed that they have been posting some unbelievable videos. And most notably, Saturday, when Justin Thomas did not have his best stuff at the Scottish Open. So he decided to call his good pal Tiger and say, well, let's go to St. Andrews. Let's go tour around. And... They and the Open Championship film crew was there when they showed up at 7 p.m. and walked around the whole golf course with only a putter. Filmed it and it was incredible. And what was the, what was probably the coolest part of it was walking on the bridge on 18, and it was basically pitch black. And it was it, I would really recommend all of our we'll tweet it out from our Golf Talk Canada Twitter account. Just, it's a very cool video. It almost gives you the chills watching it uh, of just the what what the Open at St Andrews means to, to Tiger uh, in particular, and obviously that passing that on to JT. And of course, they've been showing some other stuff. If you notice on our Zoom call, I've been looking to my left a lot here. They're they're actually replaying. You know me, I love to watch old golf. They're replaying the 2005 Open right now on the YouTube channel right now. They also show Tiger and JT practicing together. And after their practice session on Sunday, Tiger said, oh, JT, I'll see you at the past champions dinner. Oh, wait, you didn't, you haven't won this yet. Oh, <laughs> oh. And, then, oh. and then JT said something back. We couldn't hear what JT said because it was bleeped out. So <laughs> giving the needle to each other. I, 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 loved, I love this page and I'm looking forward. I can't wait for this week. And uh, kudos to the Open for uh, creating this channel. And it, it's awesome. Uh, to watch. Okay, my weird this week, not so much awesome, just kind of weird. When the players from Liv came overseas to play in the, in the Pro-Am at Adair Manor last week, they took a very, very, very extravagant private jet where Pat Perez, fresh off shooting an 80 and really feeling good about his golf game, was parading around in this private jet. He had a bottle of God knows what in one hand, and Brooks Kepka's in there partying around, and Dustin Johnson's in there too. Bob, have you ever seen a private jet look so extravagant than that? Uh, I've let's start off in with one? Just, the par- <laughs> just let's start off with the private jet part. I've, I have been on a few, but nothing that looked like that. My, I can tell you that that is a uh, that is some kind of plane. I don't know who who actually owns that plane, but. Whoever does, they must enjoy themselves, enjoy their time when they're flying. 
Yeah, they must enjoy their time, that's for sure. Speaking of enjoying their time, my what this week, Max Homa playing in Scotland. He played the Scottish Open last week, and after making the cut, he saw, he thought, well, I'm here, I might as well keep playing. And he had heard a lot, a lot of good things about North Berwick, uh, a golf course in Scotland. So he makes the cut at the Scottish Open at the Reynos, at, at, uh, at, in Scotland, and then goes and plays another 18 holes after, an emergency 18 holes. Mark, have you played North Berwick? I've never, no, I've never played North Berwick. Uh, I have gotten up to the north, and we missed it, which is unfortunate. Hey, a reason to go back, right? And uh, I know, uh, well, Bob, your good friend, Lord Rubenstein, someone we all, uh, we all admire and someone that we've all uh, followed uh, in his career and whatnot, he just got a, a lifetime honorary membership to one of the most wonderful places in the world, Royal Dordoch, which is right up uh, there where Adam's talking about. I find it so cool that all these PGA Tour players are so excited to go play these Lynx golf courses. I think it's awesome. Yeah, it's spectacular to see, and there's so much great golf. Uh, over there and that's why like I've mentioned a hundred times already in the show and while I'll say it again I'm so excited for this open championship at St. Andrews it all gets underway on Thursday on the oh Mark you have one yeah yeah quick Bob have you had a chance to connect with Lauren since his uh since his uh honorary uh I I haven't we uh, we have a sort of a regular standing date for a cup of coffee so uh when I get that uh set up I'll uh I'll report back, but it was a great, and also I should point out that Royal Dornock was also the scene of the RNA Senior Women's and Men's Open Championship and the Senior Women's RNA Open Championship, in other words, the Open for the Amateurs, as it wasn't open, it was for the Amateurs, was won by Terrell Samuel of Weston. Uh, Canadian. Awesome, awesome, so yes, that's right, and in more Canadian Scotland news, Cabot bought Castle Stewart down the street from Royal Dornock, and they plan on building another golf course. So we need another hour, guys. We got, we got to do that. <laughs> I think we need another hour. We need the Golf Talk Canada helicopter, maybe a little road trip to Scotland, to, to Cabot uh, out there, maybe play some great golf, maybe call up Max Homa, play North Berwick after another round of golf, play St. Andrews. I think this sounds like a, a great little uh, two-week adventure that we'll all take. Anyways. On the other side, speaking of great adventures, 20, that wasn't a good segue. 20 weeks of TaylorMade <laughs> on the other side. We'll have the latest on that. We'll have leaderboard updates around the world of golf. And we'll preview this week's TV show for GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Wrapping up GTC, Scully, Weeks, Aquino. Let's do some leaderboard updates. Leaderboards brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one rangefinder in golf. Genesis, Scottish Open, Xander Shoffley, Back-to-back dubs, he with a one-shot victory over Kurt Kitayama. Uh, Jiyoung Kim as well, two shots off the pace, followed by Patrick Cantlay, Tommy Fleetwood, Brandon Wu, 
Jamie Donaldson. Where have you been, Jamie Donaldson? He actually hit the clinching shot for the Europeans back in the 2014 Ryder Cup. And now he's trying to get back into relevancy. So good on Jamie Donaldson. PGA Tour. And the other event, the opposite field event, Barbasol Championship. Trey Molinux getting that first career PGA Tour victory. Also of note, Adam Svensson, Canadian. Sixth place finish, third top 10 of the season. Good for Adam Svensson playing some good golf. 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues. This week we're giving away the brand new Stealth UDI or DHY. Your choice. All you have to do, follow Golf Talk Canada, follow TaylorMade Golf Canada. Twitter, Instagram, tag your golfing buddies. You'll be in the draw. Mark, this year we're giving away over 30 thousand dollars in prizes including our grand prize which is uh full set through the bag custom fit just like rory top to bottom all the driver irons fairway medals hybrid wedges putter balls bag the whole deal and a trip for two to casa de campo the dominican republic teeth of the dog Grand prize alone is over $10,000. What a year. It's been awesome. I can't believe we only got a handful of weeks left. I know. It's, it's gone by so quickly already. 20 weeks of TaylorMade, and it's so much fun doing this every week. Uh, but now we have it's the most exciting week of the year in my mind. It's the Open Championship, and you can watch weekend coverage on TSN starting at 7 a.m. Saturday morning. Bob, you'll be on SportsCenter. You'll be on TSN.ca. You'll be on Instagram. You'll be maybe not TikTok, but you'll be on Twitter. You'll be be everywhere. I'll be on my my couch. You'll be on your couch. Exactly. (laughs) You'll be covering it from your couch. Graham Dillette also will be back doing uh, some SportsCenter content with you throughout the week uh, on TSN.ca, on SportsCenter, TSN, the works. And Mark, you are off on quite an adventure. Tell us a little about that before we go. Yeah, off to Ireland uh, and going to play some golf and going to shoot some TV uh, stuff for an upcoming TV special that we're doing with Tourism Ireland uh, coming up later on in the year. And uh, looking forward, we'll, we'll, I'll definitely get some stuff up there on the Golf Talk Canada channels as well of uh, some uh, some footage from these wonderful places like Bally Bunyan and Tralee and all this. And uh, who knows, maybe I'll capture me holding out for an incredible 79 or something like that. So, Yeah, with an incredible 79 and, and the back feeling super loose and super limber <laughs> after seven consecutive days of golf. Yeah, no, but it sounds like so much fun. I'm, I'm very jealous. Can't wait to see uh, your content on, on Instagram and Twitter, that sort of thing. It's going to be a lot of fun. Gents, before you go to break, winning score. Let's hear it. Bob, what do you like the winning score this week at St. Andrews? 16 under. Mark? Mm, 17 under. Oh, it's like the showcase oh. showdown. Oh. <laughs> I will go 14 under. I will say 14 under takes it. Gents, thanks for a fun show. Mark, safe travels later today thanks boys uh, you're the best thanks for covering me off hopefully pearson uh, cooperates for you uh fingers crossed everything <laughs> in my body is crossed right now for you hopefully you have a great time uh bob will see you for tv later this week wednesday 1 p.m tsn thanks for joining us today on gtc the open championship gets underway on thursday can't wait for that thanks so much for joining us today and remember the first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet thank you for listening This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360-22. Tour 360-22 sits on the feet you wear last. 
serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 Fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.